0: Mike Raley and Tony Rigsby here with another in our series of WPTF legends for WPTF's 100th anniversary. And our guest today is one of the most well known broadcasters in the state and a WPTF alumnus, Charlie Gaddy. Charlie, welcome back to WPTF.
1: Well, thank you ever so much. You guys are icons, and uh, I'm honored. To be on your show,
2: well, Charlie, we are honored to have you here for sure. And I guess we ought to go back to the beginning. I know you were you were working in Washington D.C. before you came to WPTF.
1: That's right. I uh, I I went to Washington D.C. Uh, with the idea of going to law school, uh, and uh, I went to Washington School of Law and uh, the first semester i took contracts torts and legal method and i thought i cannot do this <laughs> i i mean i was passing my work but i was really bored with it yeah so uh, anyway i had been a, a radio fan ever since i was a boy and i threw in the towel and went over to in nbc And got myself a job as a page boy, and that's launched my career.
0: And and you were from Bisco. You grew up in Bisco near Star, which is the center of the state. I've I've been there before, and uh,
1: so (laughs) yeah, we were the center of everything. (laughs) (laughs) uh, When they paved the uh, when they repaved the highway that ran in front of our house from. Biscota to star and then on up to ashburn greensboro when they repaved it uh before they let traffic on it it had to go through a uh drying spell over a long period of time and uh so we kids this was during the roller skating era and so we kids decided uh that we would skate from Bisco to Star, which was two miles away uh, on, the, uh, on, the high, on the highway without any traffic. But what happened is the fresh cement uh, just ate up the skate wheels. So we, we got to Star, okay. Coming back, the skate wheels wore out, so we had to walk back home Carrying our skates. Wow. So, anyway, one of the frivolous stories about my childhood.
0: And this has nothing to do with this, but I, I met your brother at a uh, East West Montgomery football game one fall evening in the early 1970s.
1: Oh, wonderful! One, he was a wonderful fellow, and he's he five years younger.
0: He looks sim- very similar to you.
1: Yes, yes, and. Uh, he was a wonderful. He's gone now. Oh, I miss him every day. But uh, he was. Uh, uh, we had a sister, so there, there were the three of us, and uh, my brother and I. Uh, during you know when I was fifteen, he was only ten, and but as you grow up, five years is nothing. Right. And we became very best friends and loved each other and. Cared for each other. Uh, Charlie, I'm glad you met him. Yeah,
0: I, I am too. That was a nice night. It was a typical fall football cool night. I, I really enjoyed
2: it. Charlie, you mentioned you were a page at NBC in Washington. What were the duties of a page?
1: Uh, to uh, do anything that the stars. <laughs> now, David Brinkley was, you know, the he was half of the Huntley Brinkley report. And we have we had uh, new stars like Herb Caplow and Robert McCormick and so forth in the same building, and w- we pages were to take care of audiences that would come to see different shows and uh, to, to, to just uh, deliver the interoffice mail and do things that that. <laughs> The stars didn't want to do, and uh, and kind of look after the stars and take, and we would take people on tours of the station, and that's how I basically learned the structure of broadcasting. That is, what the engineers do, what the salespeople do, et cetera, et cetera, the traffic people. Anyway, I'm rattling on, but I don't. No, that's to. that's great.
0: Yeah, that's it's very great. interesting, and that led to an announcing job of sorts. There, didn't it?
1: You know, it did. I I audition They had a, it was a unionized station. You know, we had AFTRA mm-hmm. and uh, NABIT and the Directors Guild. We had three unions, closed shop unions. And uh, which meant that anyone, when they had auditions, anyone could audition if they wanted to. And uh, so anyway, I auditioned, and thank goodness I got to be the summer replacement announcer, and uh, that's how I got my foot
2: in the door, in the broadcast door. And, Charlie, from there, you came to WPTF, but did Graham Pointer recruit you, or did did you call Graham Pointer? How did that work?
1: Uh, a buddy of mine at NBC in Washington uh, told me about an ad in Broadcast Magazine, and you're familiar with that sure. journal. Yes, right? sir. And uh, he said that, uh, the ad said that a fifty thousand watt radio station in North Carolina was looking for an announcer, and uh, to call this uh, to write or call, I forget which. Uh, anyway, to contact them, if I if you were interested, and so I knew I knew off the top of my head there were only two fifty thousand watt radio stations in North Carolina. One was WPTF. The other was WBT. And I answered the ad, and it was uh, W uh, WPTF. So I came down for the interview and ran into uh, the program director who ran the station, Graham Pointer, Pappy Pointer, and... Uh, anyway he hired me
0: and I pointer had to be a genius because he hired you and Wally Osley the same summer
1: you know uh, <laughs> the Jackson Osley Bill Jackson and Wally Osley in my view were one of the greatest radio teams anywhere in America mm-hmm. you know they did the sports uh, they were such a great team on uh, doing Wolfpack sports. And uh, I was just in awe of those guys. They were fantastic.
2: And they were working the early morning. And, of course, Mike and I... Uh Technically, both of us were hired by Wally Osley because he was the general manager here at the time both of us came to work here in the 1970s. So we have fond memories of Wally. And I remember on a number of occasions hearing you do GabFest uh, with Wally on days that Jackson was away.
1: That's right. That's right. I remember the first time I I did GabFest, and you got to remember I was f- fresh out of the out of the barn door for broadcasting. And I didn't I didn't know how to just talk about like we're talking about this, that and the other. I, I, because I'd always had a script in front of me and so forth. But Bill Jackson, I remember Wally was gone one day and I was to do Gabfest with Bill Jackson and but Jackson knew I was i was tender about this and but he he carried the day and made it, made it okay for me
0: in fact uh, we have a a, a- uh, Gaddy Jackson uh, gabfest in our file. That uh, is that right? It's a it's a wonderful and y'all laughed a lot during it. And that was a a big part of that show was
2: to ad lib and to make people laugh, entertain them. It's still a great show to listen to. And it Charlie, is. when you, when you joined PTF at that point, you mentioned Jackson and Osley. You became. Such an important part of what was a, a great staff—Jackson, uh, Osley, Bob Farrington, Bart Ridner—all of these greats in uh, North Carolina broadcasting history.
1: Yeah, we uh, we were a, we were a good team. Uh, uh, it, it was it was a marvelous experience for me, and uh, and I was in, in the midst of radio superstars. And uh, and so it worked everything worked out well for me.
0: What were some of your duties at uh, at WPTF?
1: Uh, to play records <laughs> <laughs> to play records and give the time and temperature. Uh, so you, that you, was basically it.
0: You didn't get a chance to, to do anything other than that uh, during the during a record show you had it was basically just playing records and announcing the records. And-
1: of... Uh, it was basically that how about that
2: okay well yeah. that certainly evolved over the years to yeah and I remember in the uh, late 60s uh, up until about the time you left in in 1970 I remember you were on uh, a lot in the in the middle of the day late morning and early afternoon
1: that's right that's right and I uh, I uh, enjoyed that schedule very much and I had Monday, and Tuesday as my days off, which I loved. I, you know, everybody else is going to work, and I had Monday and Tuesday off.
0: That's right. Most of you worked weekends on the staff. That's huh?
1: right. I did Saturday and, and, and half of Sunday.
2: And Charlie, at, at some point in there, you started a program that became an iconic program in and of itself, and uh, that was Ask Your Neighbor.
1: I have such fond memories of that. I remember uh, uh, the the man who introduced that came with an, uh, He was an outsider. He came from New York or Washington or some place north, and he uh, he picked me out to do this uh, talk show, and he said, you know, it'll just be a friendly over-the-backyard fence kind of conversation. He said it'll be so easy to do, and I have some sponsors lined up uh, who will buy uh, airtime on it. And uh, anyway, that's how it started. And And when we started it, we were so innocent that it was all live. There was no delay in it. And so I recall this uh, one day I was going from call to call and punched up a a young male voice who said to me, uh, Mr. Gatti, I'm a student over at NC State. He said, uh, he said, I want to help that lady who's having trouble with woodpeckers, uh, Pecking on her uh, uh, eaves of her uh, her house, and so I and I thought to myself, in my innocent way, I thought, isn't that nice? This young man's probably studying these kind of problems over at NC State, and he's willing to help this old lady. And I said, well, what is your what is your solution? He said. Well, down here in Harnett County, we take out our 12 gauge shotguns <laughs> and blow their blankety blank to Kingdom Come.
2: <laughs> 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 and
1: uh, <laughs> the very next day, we had a nice. Delay mechanism
2: <laughs> on but the uh,
1: on the program.
2: I can imagine Pappy Horner's reaction when when he heard that. I put the engineering staff, and you worked with some of the great engineers here, like uh, Bob Royal, too.
1: Absolutely, uh, Bob Royal, and oh, who was the uh, Henry Hewlett, Wayland
2: Seagraves, Seagraves, sure,
1: and uh, the one who transferred over. To the sales department, Willard Dean.
2: Oh, Willard was here for like 50 years. Yeah, I I worked with Willard too.
1: Willard Dean. You know, he moved into sales eventually.
0: And he was here from almost the time that the station signed on until uh, the mid 80s. So he was here for about 60 60 years. Yeah. He and Bob Royal, which is amazing.
1: You know, you 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 all were in the uh, mezzanine studios, weren't you?
2: We had missed that. Yeah, we were across the street at uh, 410 South Salisbury after that. Uh,
1: Did uh, you ever see those studios? I've
2: seen pictures That's of them. That's all we saw.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I'll tell you, they were designed by the same engineer who designed Radio City Music Hall. There were no parallel walls. They were acoustically perfect. the The walls were thick and on flotation, some kind of flotation. Now you and you couldn't. They didn't rock like a canoe, but but uh, they, there were airlocks on everything, and it was it was the station was as acoustically perfect as an engineer could could make it and uh it was an amazing setup.
0: Did you do any any news when you were part of the staff, Charlie? uh
1: yes, i did uh, i did uh, I did a fifteen minute newscast on Sunday and uh, it was sponsored by. Womble of Hargett Street. Uh, Remember that clothing I store? I,
2: I do. Yeah, I a beautiful store.
1: Anyway, uh, I produced the newscast for that.
2: And that was uh, either late afternoon or early evening, wasn't it?
1: Late afternoon, yeah.
2: And that ran for a long, long time with that uh, same sponsorship from Oh yeah, Wamble of oh, Hargett yes. Street. I remember they used to say your friendly downtown ticket office for all the major entertainment events in the area because they right. they did That's so right. many of those other things too. Yes.
0: Now, now, Charlie, you got married before you came to WPTF, and your wife, I understand, was a pretty big wheel at NBC. And and uh, how did she feel about coming to North Carolina?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were crazy in love, so she would have followed me. Anyway, she would have followed me to Bisco <laughs> um, but we were crazy for each other, yeah and uh and so i I tried to tell her all about uh Bisco and Raleigh and so forth and i I had brought her down here on a visit because we were in love and we were going to get married, and I wanted her to see. You know, my hometown, and, and uh, the, reason, the reason I grew up in Biscoe is that my father was superintendent of the Carolina Power and Light Substation in Biscoe, which fed all the lights in Montgomery County and the mills and so forth. And uh, anyway, I'm rambling on. No, no, I,
2: this is very interesting. We want to hear about Charlie Gay. Exactly. And and Charlie, I remember in uh, 1970, uh, you were the MC of the Miss North Carolina pageant. And then after that, for WPTF, it was bad news, but it was good news for you uh, that. You decided to leave WPTF and go to work in television and I would say that experiment certainly worked out well for you yeah I think so <laughs> because you became the most iconic anchorman in North Carolina television history many of us think yeah
1: well bless your heart thank you for that i I, uh, I have been really fortunate I was really fortunate to uh, to to get the job at, at, at Channel 5 and run into Jim Goodman, who was the grandson of A.J. Fletcher. And Jim Goodman, I didn't know at the time that he would become, and he probably didn't know it either, he would become owner of the station. And uh, he was a uh, production manager at the time. And uh, he had followed his grandfather. He, he would come over after school when he was a boy, even, and be with his grandfather. So when, uh, when AJ. A. Mr. A.J. Fletcher decided to hand off his holding at Channel Five, he skipped over his son and gave it all to his grandson so that's how jim goodman and and the that was a great decision because goodman was a child of the space age i mean he knew how to advance everything and i loved working for him he sent me all over the world
0: yeah he did Charlie, I, I've got to know, you uh, with all of the news and playing the records and working in radio and television, how did you find time for dancing and singing?
1: Well, uh, I grew up in, in, the, in the big band era, and uh, I, we, we always, in my home, we, uh, My folks bought a second-hand piano, and uh, my sister took uh, piano lessons, and we all sang, except my father, uh, who preferred just to listen to us. But my mother was a soloist, a soprano soloist, my sister was a soprano soloist, and, and my kid brother Bob and I loved to sing so we always had music in our home and uh so I was just used to you know gathering around the piano and singing and just it really enjoying it and uh so it's been you know I still croak out a few songs
0: now, did Here. you did you record? Here just
1: to amuse myself. <laughs>
0: did you record some music? I'm sorry. Did you make records?
1: I made. Uh, uh, yeah, I made a record. One time, you remember the Jimmy Cap Studio?
0: Yes, certainly.
1: Uh, uh I I did. Uh, let's see, one of the songs was "Don't Think Twice." Oh yeah. And the other song was on the back side, was, uh, it was a 45 record. I can't remember the other song. Yeah, I did a record which had limited, <laughs> limited,
2: <laughs> limited distribution. <sales. laughs> yeah, yeah and you mentioned another one of the all time greats there, Jimmy Capps and Our Best to You yeah. uh, Every oh, Night.
1: What a voice! What a voice on that guy. Jimmy Capps was amazing. He, and I don't have to tell you guys about Jimmy Capps, he just had this, I don't know, this resonant, Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful. He would do poetry over different instrumentals. Remember he would do poetry? Yeah. tell me that on summer nights in Chapel Hill, before all, all the dorms were air-conditioned, that uh, everybody would raise their windows, screened windows, in the dorms of Chapel Hill, and you could walk through that campus and hear Jimmy Capps on our best to you, and, and it was like stereo. Uh, just walking the streets of chapel hill wow yeah. and everybody was listening to jimmy
2: and that's one of the beauties of radio the people became such a part of uh, the community's life and then and you carried that over to all your years as the anchorman on channel 5 you became an important part of people's lives by giving them the news every night as well yeah
1: well it was an honor and a privilege and and i i gave it as, as good as I could do and, and it worked out. Okay.
0: Yeah. I understand that, that David Brinkley, when you, uh, talked to him one time, uh, gave some advice to you, uh, when you worked out there, what, what, uh, can you share that with us and, and maybe some of the people who are thinking about getting into broadcasting?
1: <laughs> I have to laugh. David, David had a great sense of humor. It didn't show up so much in his, you know, news broadcasting. But I remember one time at, Chan- at Channel 4 at NBC in Washington, and I, because I was, I was there as a page boy, he got tickled over a story he was reading. He wrote all of his stuff. No one wrote for Brinkley. Except Brinkley, and he was telling the story of uh, this fellow in the who gave a vicuna coat to the Secretary of State, and and he got and David got tickled while he was on the air on the news news on the hour, NBC news on the hour, and he started laughing and he and he couldn't stop and he laughed he apologized through his laughter he said i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen i'm sorry i'm sorry and he laughed all the way upstairs <laughs> to his office
0: did uh, did that ever happen to you uh, on radio or television
1: no oh. uh, no i well no. Nobody
0: tried to break you up here.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just had, I just, I couldn't go on the air laughing.
0: Wow. Boy, you're yeah. you're a rock.
2: What? You are a rock. <laughs> are a rock well, to be able to do that, right, I. I
1: tried to be professional. Yeah.
2: Well, and I- and you always were, and you were <laughs> a role model to. All of us who followed in your footsteps here at WPTF and all our friends at uh, at Channel 5 who followed in your footsteps there. And we just so much appreciate you taking time today, Charlie, to join us as uh, we celebrate the 100th anniversary of WPTF.
0: And Charlie, uh, maybe you can come out of retirement and you can take that CNN anchor job that uh, you turned down years ago. <laughs> or maybe you should uh, maybe we could revive ask your neighbor and you could come do some part-time work for us <laughs>
1: How's that no I'll let you guys you guys are doing great
2: Well thank and you Charlie just remember you're always part of our family here at WPTF
1: are. Bless your hearts I, I really appreciate that
2: thank you and thanks for very much for being
0: a, a part of this uh, as we look back at the history of WPTF a rich full history
1: yes. And and thank you so much for honoring me in this way.
0: Charlie, uh, thanks for your time. We got a, a great half hour out of that. I, I appreciate it so, so much. Yes, we do, Charlie. Thank you so much.
1: You are certainly welcome. Thank you for the honor.
0: God bless Amen. you and Godspeed.
1: God bless you.
0: Thank you, Charlie.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. That was great. Mm